Well, hi, everybody. Paul M. Newberger coming at you here, founder and CEO of the Young Guns Movement. Thank you for watching this video. And one of the things, if, if you know me and if you know the Young Guns Movement, it's really all about bringing an extraordinary amount of value to you to help us break the rules of business, to help ignite your influence, to help you touch as many lives as we possibly can. And that's what we're all about here at Young Guns, whether it be through our Young Guns main event, whether it be through the Young Guns Summit events, heck, whether it even be through YGTV and our podcast, that's all we try to do is break the rules of business and help people ignite their influence by giving you access to some of the most innovative disruptors on the planet. And we know a lot of them. And we're about to talk to one of them. I'm going to be joined by somebody here momentarily who not only is a successful entrepreneur, who not only is a successful business person, he's a world-class human being, he's a world-class father, and he's making the world a better place every single day. And one of the things that we thought that we need to do from a value-add perspective here at Young Guns, YGTV and otherwise, is we want to give you access to people that can make you better. And one of the things that we haven't had an in-depth conversation on are finances. And boy, howdy, if you're an entrepreneur, that can keep you up at night. Boy, that can give you indigestion. Boy, that can make you feel hopeless and somewhat from despair from time to time, thinking about the money you need to fuel your business, the money you need to secure your financial future. But I'm joined by one of the greatest money minds I've ever met. It's a blessing to call him my friend. It's a blessing to have him associated with the Young Guns Movement. I'm joined here by Ron Chandler, president of Summit Investment Management. Welcome to the Young Guns Podcast, bringing together entrepreneurs and business leaders that break the rules and challenge conventional wisdom. Thanks, and enjoy the show in three, two, one. Ron, brother, wonderful to have you. Thank you for blessing us with your presence today. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Not as well as you, apparently, being in sunny San Diego with that beautiful light streaming in while I'm down here in my home office just freezing my earlobes off. It must be nice to be in San Diego on a day like today. On a day like today and uh, the last couple of days, it's, it's, been, it's been pretty pleasant. I can imagine. I'm going I'm to try to keep the jealousy to a minimum here because we got a lot of great stuff to talk about. So, Ron, as I said, you know, you've been a friend of mine for many years. Uh, you and I have had conversations about investments, investment advice. I know we've even talked about my personal finances to some degree. You're a man that I trust. So I want to open this up to this movement of thousands of people so they can learn from you as well. So one of my first questions for you, Ron, let's just start from the top. Why are you so passionate about investing, investment management, finances. Where did this passion come from, my friend? Well, a lot of it came from uh, my father. Um, my dad was a high school dropout, uh, married um, a, a young Italian girl during World War II, uh, came back to the United States penniless and uh, spent most of his life working uh, in a factory job with, uh, you know, overtime when, uh, when we bought, uh, our second TV so that my mother who was ill could watch TV from the bed. He actually would come home from work, eat dinner, and then go, uh, have a second job. Um, the, the, the work, um, made him miserable. You know, he spent, um, 
months working seven days a week, uh, working all the overtime he could. And he used to, you know, always drill into uh, both my sisters and myself um, the need to do something different to achieve a level of financial independence so that uh, if we ever wanted to walk away from, you know, a bad situation, we could do that. Um, he cursed the day that um, he, you know, would go into work because he couldn't walk away. He had too many responsibilities. He had too many bills to pay. And so I, from that first day, as soon as I started uh, my first job, I always looked for my escape route. And what I found um, in discussing this with other people, people who've been successful, people who had walked away, was that um, personal finance and, and investment was a, a pathway to secure your financial independence, provided you did it well and you did it right. Yeah, and everybody has a, a story for sure. I certainly appreciate you sharing that, and that does give us a bit of a window into why you do what you do and why you're so gosh darn passionate about it. But I know one of the things that's really interesting about you, Ron, is you like working with entrepreneurs. You like working with people that have a, a nice ceiling. You like working with people to some degree that are just getting going. Not every financial advisor, not every investment professional can say that. Why do you like working with entrepreneurs so much? Well, first of all, it gives me a chance to give back um, through my uh, now 40 years of small business experience. I've I've done a lot of really good things and I've done a lot of really dumb things. And so uh, what I find, especially with the younger entrepreneurs, is once you get their ear, um, they are very eager to learn and they're willing to learn you know, not only um, what they should be doing, but also what they shouldn't be doing or, you know, a different way to look at it. Uh, and so that also not only translates from their business, but it also translates into their personal life. They're, they're willing to learn, they're willing to understand, they're willing to do some homework and put in some extra hours. That's, that's not uh, unusual for them. Uh, they also understand eventually that they can't do it at all. And so it becomes part of the whole, you know, process of, of building and growing a successful business. You know, when, when you first start out, you're doing the books, you're doing the selling, you're manufacturing the product sometimes, you know, in your garage. Um, but eventually you need to find somebody else to do the books. You need somebody else to do the taxes. You need somebody else. And so um, I can become a, a very, very valuable resource to them to take care of the back office stuff and in a lot of cases the personal finance stuff while they're spending their time and their energy growing their business and then also you know in many cases as, as they get older and as their life changes give them time to spend with their family and their loved ones um the last thing you know and, and you've experienced this right the last thing you want to do is get home from work at seven o'clock and now you've got to worry about you know, how your investments did, or is your insurance right? Or do you, you know, whatever else is going on when you've got your, your children and a very, very short window of time 
to really make a difference in their lives and, and you know, create the memories that they're going to carry on throughout their lives. Yeah, well said. I could not agree with you more. And one of the things I just want the audience to fully understand, sure. I mean, if you're interested in working with a financial advisor, you can pretty much work with anybody you want. But what I love about Ron, and Ron is too humble to admit this, okay, but Ron is a somebody. Ron has got some big clients. Ron, Ron manages a good amount of money. Entrepreneurs that are just getting going, entrepreneurs that uh, are making some progress but have a way to go are not are not always going to be able to get the attention of someone like a Ron Chandler. So I just want everybody watching this to know that he is a an exception and it's a blessing to take advantage of someone like Ron because he offers the best of both worlds. Ron, talk to me a little bit about this. So, I mean, some of this might be common sense, but talk to me about some of the risks that entrepreneurs face if they don't plan ahead. And you and I have had conversations about this as well. One of the things that I'm really good at is putting my head down and going. You know, I don't even maybe know what I'm going to do three days from now, but I know today I'm going to crush it. So because we can get distracted, because we can have our minds on so many different things, we might not be thinking about our finances long-term. And what are some of the risks for entrepreneurs that don't have that long-term mindset? Well, there's, there's several minefields along the way. Um, you know, first and foremost, as your, you know, life changes, you need to restructure your balance sheet, you know, along with your income statement. Um, you may not need life insurance when you're 23 years old and single. When you're 30, married with two kids, now you need life insurance and we need to understand what that life insurance looks like. Um, you know, and, and you've got, we've shared personal experiences that you've had about life insurance and you know how important that is. Uh, other things, you know, simply are that people tend to run their business and their personal lives differently. And I completely disagree with that whole philosophy. I, I try to impose the same business concepts that their business. So what's next the hill, what's over the horizon, and we want to picture them to get there along with mitigating as many risks and, and roadblocks before they get hit. Yeah, well said. And those are just things we don't think about all day, every day. So to have somebody like a Ron Chandler, to have somebody there that's looking out for you, that's looking out for your finances, yeah, what a, what a blessing that could be as well. So one of the questions I have for you, Ron, is again, and I don't want to be crass, but if you know one financial advisor, you know them all. If you know one financial service organization, you know them all. Well, one of the Keynotes that I give, and I think you've heard this one a time or two, instantaneous differentiation, how to make yourself memorable. How do you separate yourself? How do you differentiate yourself? So what, what makes your organization stand out from the others? How would you answer that? What is the summit investment management differentiation, would you say? What separates you from the other organizations that uh, people like me could choose from? Well, there's a couple. Um, first of all, when we bought Summit, Summit was like many of the other financial advisors and uh, agencies in the area. Uh, we had a minimum um, and it was a big minimum. So to come and be a client of Summit, you had to already come with money. Uh, and it was a sum of money that 
my parents never had. So I had just bought a business that wouldn't even take my own parents as clients. So that was the first thing I decided to change. Um, we will take anybody as a client as long as they're willing to work and be coached and accept our philosophy. Uh, our philosophy is based on cash flow. You know, we believe that uh, total return is nice when you're sitting at the country club and you're uh, bragging about your portfolio. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a point where you are either going to want to or need to live without a paycheck. And having the cash flow coming from your investments at that time is critical. So what we always tell everybody is that, look, we're not trying to beat the market. We're not trying to beat any index. We're trying to beat your checkbook. If I can put enough money from your investments into your checking account every day to make sure that you are able to pay your bills, keep your house, put food on the table, then I'm doing my job. Yeah, and that's certainly a novel concept. I mean, I can honestly say I know just about everybody being an avid networker. There's not too many financial advisors that I've heard talk about the, the, the importance of cash flow. Obviously, we know that, but rather than just investment returns and portfolio, focusing on the day-to-day, -day, focusing on making sure that you have those funds to take care of what's most important in life. And I think that's extremely refreshing. You mentioned you've been around the block once or twice. You've seen a lot. I'm not saying that you're old. I'm saying that you're very experienced. That's what I'm saying. And uh, one of the thoughts that I have is, although every person is different, Although everybody's needs are different, although every organization is different, I'm sure you've seen some commonalities from time to time. And my question for you is, speaking really about entrepreneurs in this instance, what are some of the common mistakes that entrepreneurs make when it comes to their finances? Well, what are some things that you see time and time again that those watching this maybe can uh, be a little bit more aware of moving forward? Well, there's two big uh, common mistakes. Uh, one thing I always tell everybody, um, and this is going to kind of sound strange coming from me because I don't do either of them, but I tell everyone they need to find a good CPA and they need to find a good attorney because you've got a lot of mistakes where an entrepreneur will have a windfall. They'll make a lot of money. And then because they didn't prepare from a tax protection standpoint and a tax minimization standpoint, because they didn't have a good CPA. They were doing the books by themselves. They bought a you know, subscription online. Um, they end up giving a lot of that money away and not taking advantage of the tax laws that, you know, very honestly are put in place for um, large billionaire donors, but can be used, you know, with a hundred thousand dollar, you know, small business. The other thing is both estate planning and proper documentation. So making sure that your businesses are properly structured from a legal standpoint to provide you different protections for uh, against lawsuits, um, proper estate planning, you know, all these different things. Th those are mistakes that if you don't take care of them early on can come back and bite you and they'll bite you at the worst possible time. The other thing that I find, which is really interesting because you would think a businessman would think this way, is that most entrepreneurs don't have a personal budget. 
they're focusing on the business and I'll ask them, well, you know, how much do you pay in groceries every week? Um, I don't know. Well, you know, again, what, what happens is, you know, without paying attention to the nickels and the dimes, the nickels and the dimes end up slipping out the door instead of going into your future cash flow account. So what we do, I'm sorry, go ahead. What, what we do is we, we take a consultative approach. Uh, I spent 14 years consulting to small businesses and medium-sized businesses. And what I found the most effective way to approach any of those was to build a financial model of their current state. Because from there, then we would have the right metrics in place to take them to their desired future state. So I do the same thing with individual clients now. We will build a financial model that we use then as the basis, the stake in the ground to say, this is our starting point. This is what we look like today. And then we start painting a picture of what we want to look like tomorrow. And we use that model then to make decisions and to measure our success along the way. Well, you see, and this is what I love talking about you, Ron, so much for, because now I'm sitting here going, crap, I don't even know what I spend a week with respect to groceries. Three little monsters upstairs. I know it adds up pretty quick. I better get my wife down here to, to, to bail me out here because I don't know the answer. I should, though, and that's a good reminder. So speaking of, uh, I know you don't have a crystal ball. And I know you don't know all the answers before these things come to fruition, but to say 2020 was a disruptive year, especially with respect to the economy and financial markets, I know would be a gross understatement. And even just some of the recent activity with GameStop and AMC and all these frenzies going on. I mean, Bitcoin, you know, really kind of surging as of late, too. There's a lot of stuff going on in the market. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world of finance. We have a new administration in the White House now, too. So, you know, that, that that's going to be interesting with respect to market, the markets and business and taxes and whatever else. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. And remember, this is recorded. And we're probably going to play this back over and over and over to, to, to see if you made the right predictions or not. But I got to ask you, Ron Chandler, give me three bold predictions for 2021 as it pertains to the world of finance. Okay, well, my first prediction is that in 2021, the market will either finish higher or it's going to finish lower. That's my first wow. prediction. Good one. My second <laughs> prediction is that some people are going to make a lot of money investing this year and some are going to lose a lot of money investing this year. And my third prediction is there will be a group of people who don't care about the first two. And those are the people who have properly structured their financial life to handle whatever the market and whatever the economy throws at them. And this is really the, the crux of my business and the crux of my passion is to put people in a situation where whether the market is crashing or whether the market is growing, they're sleeping at night, they're focusing on the important things, knowing that you've got somebody who is spending all their time just making sure that you're going to be okay, regardless of what happens. Well, Ryan, here is a bold prediction coming from me, okay? That if the world of financial services stops suiting you, 
you would be a perfect politician. I'm just <laughs> with an answer like that. <laughs> That's why we love you over here at Young Guns. He tells it like it is. Well, you're a man who's had a lot of success. You're, you've had professional success. You've had personal success. I, I do believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe Ron Chandler is living his best life. So one of the, the things with respect to this success is you, you've lived it. You've seen other people go through it as well. What would you say are some of the commonalities that just about all successful people have in common? Well, we're, here is a movement. I mean, that's what we're aspiring for. We're, we're trying to get people to be the best possible version of themselves. We're trying to get them to dig deep. And these people want to know, how do I become more successful? Well, Ron, how would you answer that? Well, what are some of the commonalities that all successful people have in common? I think the first, the first core commonality that I find in people is that they're never satisfied. Um, now, I don't want to make that to sound like, you know, they're greedy and they want more and more and more, but they're just never satisfied. Um, growing up in the automotive industry, which is where um, my first most successful business was, uh, you know, located, we were continuously driven by the concept of, of improvement. How do we improve? How do we improve the way we do things? How do we do it less expensively? How do we do it faster? How do we do it in a way that pleases more customers and more clients? And I find that, you know, with, with entrepreneurs, um, they don't like the status quo. The status quo drives them crazy. They're always looking to, to make the status quo obsolete and find something better. So they're driven to continuously improve their situation um, and they're willing to take risks. They're willing to try something new and they're very adaptive. So if something is tried and fails, they don't linger on it. They take the Edison approach and say, okay, what's next? What do I learn from what just went wrong? And what do I do better next time? What do I try differently? What, what ingredients, what secret sauce, you know, is, is going to come together for me to, to put this together. Um, the third is a desire to serve. I think the truly, truly great entrepreneurs understand that the more people they can serve and the better they can serve them, that that will drive the success of their business. When entrepreneurs start looking inward and keep asking what's in it for me, as opposed to what's in it for my customers, what's in it for my clients, I think that's when things tend to fall apart because it takes their eye off the original vision. Yeah, and I like your reference to, uh, to Thomas Edison there, because I do believe it was him that says, well, I haven't failed a thousand times. I've just figured out a thousand ways that it doesn't work. And, and I think exactly. just that little perspective readjustment, boy, that can go an awful long way. So one of the final questions I'd have for you here, Ron, is uh, somebody listening to this. And again, this is a gift you have. You are obviously passionate about this. You, you're very good at taking a complex problem, complex information like finances and breaking it down into simple terms that even a Neanderthal like me can understand. And that's, that's a, a testament to you for sure. People listening to this go, okay. All right, I'm inspired. I'm going to start taking control of my financial situation. I'm going to start making this a priority. I'm going to start 
paying attention to this and doing the little things correctly. Obviously, the first thing people should do is call Ron Chandler and hire you. That goes without saying. Making Ron Chandler your financial advisor should be priority number one. But after that, I mean, what, what are two or three things that entrepreneurs watching this program right now can start to do to improve their financial situation? Number one is create a budget. Know how much you're spending in groceries. Know how much your insurance is costing. Uh, number two, start finding people the, that you can surround yourself with that will make you better. And better at not only what you're doing, but also um, to allow you to spend your time doing what you do best by taking from you those things that you don't do best and you should be letting experts do. Third, I think is to take an envelope and in it write three visions of what life looks like five, 10, 15 years from now. Put that in there and then put that up on a bathroom mirror so that that envelope is staring you in the face every day so that you remember not only what you need to take care of today, but what you need to do today to take care of your tomorrows. Very good advice. And I wish I just had a bigger notepad to, to take down all of this gold that you're uh, disseminating here today. Again, I, and sometimes I take for granted what a blessing it is to talk to you as often as I do. You're my friend, you're my brother in Christ. And uh, sometimes I get used to this, but, but boy, on a conversation like this, it just reminds me how truly fortunate I am to know you and other people that are working with you, how, how blessed they are as well. So Ron, in closing, uh, we've got uh, the, the movement, as you know, because Summit Investment Management is a very trusted partner here at the Young Guns Movement. We are growing like gangbusters. We have an international audience, and at any given time, we have tens of thousands of eyes on us. So you've got all these people watching right now. You've got all these people paying attention. What would your closing remarks be to the individual members of the Young Guns Movement? Maybe a, a parting word of advice, maybe some leaving them with some uh, inspiration or whatever else, but, but what would be your final words to the people in the movement watching this today? The final words would be always be willing to fail forward. And what I mean by that is that, you know, no matter what business you're in, no matter how smart you are, no matter how good you are, there's going to be hills, there's going to be valleys. Um, nothing is a, is a straight line. And so when you hit those speed bumps, when you hit those roadblocks, when you see all these things, don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your people. Don't give up on this country. Don't give up on God. You know, at, at, at some point in time, things will work out if you continue to push forward and you do it intelligently and you do it with the people that can help you and are going to be there for you when you can do that. If, if you stay focused on your passions, and you remember why you're doing it and who you're doing it for, you're going to be okay. It may not look like you think it's going to look, but that's okay. You're going to be okay. 
Great advice, Ron. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of the Young Guns movement. We really do appreciate it. Thank you for carving out some time in your very busy schedule to share your words of wisdom with us, to inspire us, to encourage us. And then again, as a call to action, again, take it from me. I'm 38 years old. I used to be a financial advisor, but when I, when I got busy creating businesses and doing the thing and you know, following my passions in life, sometimes these things fall by the wayside. Sometimes you don't give these items as much TLC as possible. Do yourself a favor, find a trusted financial advisor, find someone that you can talk to, find someone that can build a plan because it's obviously gonna be a lot easier to do that sooner rather than later. I'm biased, but I don't think you could pick a better financial partner than Ron Chandler at Summit Investment Management. Ron, my brother, thank you for all you're doing for the movement. Thank you for blessing us with your time here today. We really do appreciate your words of wisdom, my friend. Thank you, Paul. I look forward to seeing you soon.